Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have in your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? And I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and welcome to episode 53. I'm glad you're here. Before I introduce you to our special guest, make sure you're subscribing to this podcast. You do not miss an episode. And you're going to enjoy this listen and make sure you are sharing with others. Because our guest is none other than Miss Haley Quinn. For those of you that do not know Haley, she is an internationally recognized dating coach and founder of the UK's largest dating coaching company. Many of you have already watched her TED Talk. It has over 2 million views, which is one of the most fascinating TED Talks I've ever seen on dating and relationships and happiness. We'll talk about that in the interview. Also, over 100,000 YouTube subscribers. She's also a spokesperson for Match, which is the biggest online dating platform in the world. She's been featured on BBC One, Sky, Channel 4, and is a regular columnist for Cosmopolitan Magazine. She's also a best-selling author. Her new book called Do This, Not That, Dating, What to Do and Not to Do in 75-plus Difficult Dating Situations. We all know that relationships can be full of challenging situations and a whole lot of emotions. You're going to learn how she got involved in the dating industry. You're also going to know well, what should men know and what should women know about each other. You're also going to find out what is the one thing that men keep missing about women. And we're going to learn a lot about relationships and how sometimes fixating on what the culture wants us to fixate on can be chasing a distraction and is not healthy at all. So her goal, pretty simple, is to bridge the gap with modern dating and to help inspire people to learn to love dating. Now, maybe you're married, maybe you're not, maybe you're in a relationship, maybe you're thinking about it. Wherever you may be on that spectrum, we have a chance now to learn from one of the world's leading dating coaches. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. She's here. Let's not waste any more time. Welcome to episode 53. Here, everyone, is Haley Quinn. So Haley, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. It's really good having you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I have been all around the world thanks to my my career and also a little bit of personal travel. I'm here in Idaho, here in the in the United States. I've never been to London, and you are London based. What what do I need to know about London? Has that always been home for you? No, not at all. Actually, I'm from the countryside in the UK and I'm currently living in rural France. Like if anybody's watching this on video, you can probably see some old beams behind me. So very much did the London thing. My company's still based there. We do loads of work there. But I personally just escaped my I've got a really young family, really nice husband. And we just prefer looking out the window and seeing like a couple of donkeys. That's our, <laughs> that's our preferred vibe. So wait a minute. So you you are not living in London? Do I have that right now? You're in France? I'm in France. I'm in France. I have to commute for work. London is this fantastic city, though. I think it's, I've heard it's comparable to New York. It's got a friend, frenetic dating scene. So if you want to be on the hard edge of modern dating, you know, head to one of a big metropolis like London. So yeah. I spend some time there. But in my in my personal, actual me, non-professional time, I'm hanging out in the countryside. Oh, that sounds so nice. Am I making it overly romantic? Because it sounds fantastic. No, it is, it is overly romantic. I'm a complete frank, complete francophile. <laughs> All right. Well, you you talked about this uh, this modern or hard edge of modern dating, and that's something I'm really unfamiliar with. I've been married for 33 years, and so when you're married, oh. of course, there's still you're still you're always dating when you're married, you're nurturing that relationship. But you are a dating coach and a dating expert, uh, incredible background. How did you get into the dating industry, if that's the appropriate language? How did you become a dating uh, coach? 
Absolutely. Well, I think you'll probably be all happy to hear it was an accident. You know, I didn't go to like my guidance counsellor and express a wish <laughs> to be in the dating industry. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, I graduated in 2009 in, I think it was the height of the financial crisis. I couldn't even get an interview for a graduate job. That was like off the table for me. And I stumbled across this slightly weird and wonderful and nasty world of pickup artists which are a strange underground community of men who teach other men how to approach and seduce women and I was equal parts sort of like fascinated and horrified and um, (laughs) being my uh, entrepreneurial slash stupid at the time self I reached out to some of these pickup artists on social media uh, as as had no trouble striking up a conversation as a 21 year old woman and found myself being offered my first actual job writing their blogs and their ebooks so I became like the go-to ghostwriter of this world of men's dating coaches so I was 21 years old living in London writing pretending I was a 42 year old pickup guru living in New York unbelievable it, it was like yeah it was bizarre fictional however because I kind of became known behind the scenes then at these strange underground seminars that they ran packed full of guys wanting to learn how to connect with women they kind of roll me out like would you like to talk is let's hear the woman's opinion on this subject so I started to do a bit of public speaking um admittedly it was kind of like stand on a table in a pub way public speaking it certainly was a long way away from the TED, (laughs) TED talk right and I started then to do coaching and the coaching I was doing was teaching men how to meet women, you know, during the daytime and bars and clubs in this bizarre way. And I looked at that industry and I saw good things about it. The good things I saw were, wow, this is actually really cool that you can learn skills to become more confident and better at this area of your life. It's not, it's not fate. Like to me, that was, it's not all fate anyway. To me, that was good news. The downside was I found it obviously unethical, sleazy, and it was all about, you know, it's kind of predatory as well with men, how men were approaching women. So I splintered off and I had this slightly radical idea that I would take these ideas and then I'd make them more egalitarian. So, oh, could a woman learn how to meet a man? Can we teach that in a really practical way? Can we completely open up this realm of dating advice? So I went out there attempted to do that and then that's where my own company and business was really born so the pickup artist in industry and i listened to you on a podcast from i think it was 2019 it was before covid you still have a lot of a lot of a lot of mentors and friends maybe mentors too strong a lot of friends in the industry so it's it wasn't all unethical there certainly was a certain or is a certain part of that that is legitimately good guys that want to meet women for the right reasons mm-hmm. or am i mm-hmm. am i wrong about that Okay, so do I have friends in that industry? Yes, I do. So I feel like it's it, there's a lot of bad stuff, and I would never condone negging, manipulation. You know, ah. some you know, reading a script to try and hypnotize a woman into liking. I mean, that is just all ridiculous, in my opinion. Okay. It's like laughable. Okay. But there are some people out there. I think I'm one of them, and there's lots of others as well who are approaching dating as a kind of form of personal development. Like I can use this experience as a tool to understand myself better and improve who I am and I can I can be down with people who approach it that way so obviously I've lots of horrible stuff but there are some good there are some good guys out there too 
you are surprising to me in a good way because I watched your TED Talk. And by the way, over 2 million other people have watched your TED Talk. And before I clicked play, my, I, I thought I knew what I was going to hear. It would be some practical tips and hints about dating and some, but it was not that at all. Your talk was surprisingly candid. It was humorous. It was very vulnerable, but you really, to me, flipped this whole notion of, of dating on its head as far as how, at times, looking for love can be just a huge distraction. And mm -hmm. if you don't, t tell me a little bit more about that, because it is such a interesting perspective on relationships and love. Okay. So the truth behind that TED talk is I'm sure, you know, with TED talks, you're meant to rehearse those and submit a script three months advance. And I did do that. However, yeah. um, I had just a, a, a weird and kind of bad time personally before I did that talk. And I, two days beforehand on the plane over to Reno from London, I decided that I couldn't in good conscience stand behind the talk that I'd originally intended to write, which was funny and full of practical tips. So I rewrote the whole thing no. and then crash revised it. I did. You did I was not. In the, the I did. I was in the pepper mill at Re in Reno, this, this funny casino hotel, jet lagged, walking up and pacing up and down my hotel room, trying to remember like this new script. Um, I was on second to last on the day and I only got through a clean run of it, I think about an hour before I got on stage. I blanked it. I messed bits up when I was when I was talking. But it was really about this personal I guess I've, like this personal revelation that I'd had around things that I recognized I'd been get I you know I knew all the tips for dating advice I knew all the all the tricks all the tips yeah uh, and it hadn't actually got me very far it, the only place it brought me towards was a place of kind of ego and self-destruction and I was pursuing all the wrong things and I really needed to take a step back and and recognize that Dating for me had, and I think a lot of other people, been a way that I had experienced anxiety, a way that I tried to exert control over things that I shouldn't have been trying to exert control over. And it had just all been this big noise in the background that had actually taken me further away from my family connections and further away from who I genuinely and authentically was. And so I just told that story and it was definitely the most candid I've ever been and it's just incredible over the years how many people have written to me saying that that's their their part of their story as well and it resonates oh it sure did sure did and so the feedback I mean obviously had to be incredible how did that influence then your company in the timeline of you starting your company and that TED talk what was the timing on that and how does it really guide you today in your business okay Great. That's a great question. So um, up until then, I had become relatively well established, at least in the UK, as someone who ran live training events. That's what we call it. When we take people out, both men and women, and we take them out, we call it into the field, which is a fancy way of saying to bars, clubs, coffee shops, whole food stores. And we teach them to meet people in real life. So yeah. I was still going. And the interesting thing is, although it's very tips focused, there's a, there is um there's a heart to it as well you could be doing all the right things but if you do it with completely the wrong intentions or the wrong outlook or the right, wrong mindset doesn't work so i was already aware of that in my own experience of coaching people and then i think we've just could 
the brand has always evolved. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't intend to end up where I've ended up today. And all I've tried to do is now, I suppose, create more transparency, more authenticity, more truth around the nature of dating. And that's how we put things across to my clients. That could be we teach uh, heterosexual men and women at the same time. So there's no kind of cloak and dagger approach to or adversarial approach to dating. Sure. We also are mindful um, that dating advice, dating coaching isn't right for everyone. You know, it's a great added skill to have once you feel like the foundations of your life in the right place. But it's not our purpose. If your foundations of life aren't in the right place, we're not the right people to work for, work with you. So we're also pretty explicit about that. Um, and I guess it's also for myself personally, re- recognizing what my own goals were, you know, and I just really wanted to have a family. And as I said, live in France and look at some donkeys and, you know, <laughs> funny stuff like that. So I went about also trying to, I guess, disseminate my advice into things like whether it's like books or YouTube videos or things where I didn't actually have to be so at the cold face. And it's fun to be at the cold face coaching someone. It's, it's actually incredible but standing by someone's side when they are wavering about whether to say hello to someone or not. It's, a, it's an awesome moment. But I also needed to take more time for myself and to also realize some of my own goals personally. Wow. A lot of lessons in that. And one of the things that we're going to talk about in, in this interview is your brand new book, Do This, Not That, Dating, What to Do and Not Do in 75 Plus Difficult Dating Situations. This is your second book. Your first book was fiction. This is a nonfiction book, obviously. What's what's behind the this nonfiction book? You just released just a few days ago. Why did you decide to write it? I love practical advice. I think some of the best advice is intangible advice, like just be yourself. However, if you tell that to someone, most people are a bit aggravated by that. Well, I've just I've been myself for however many years. It hasn't got me very far. Or just be confident. Well, that's great. I know confident people are attractive, but I can't access that easily. So, you know, what what am I doing? So I had the opportunity to write this really practical book. It was actually pretty tricky to write in places. I like to write things at longer form. And it, it they made me boil it down to these huh. little tiny 500 word chapters. Which, That's not fair. But it wasn't fair. I wanted to, I, I had a terrible time with the edit on that book. But what's really cool is that you can open a chapter and you can get into it, whether it's like, okay, this is the mindset I should have. This is an idea of something I could say in this situation. Here's three practical things I can do right now. And sometimes I think dating can feel a bit disempowering when you feel like there's nothing you can do, you know, like you're destined to be able to achieve something or you're not. And it's good, I think, when you can start to, as I said, still learn these practical skills, because once something's practical, applicable, it suddenly becomes a lot less scary and more accessible for people. You get, it's almost like having a step-by-step guide, almost like having you as my coach on discovering, you know, what to say or what to do and how to do it. And that feels like a little bit of a different angle on dating. It's, it's not, you know, theoretical. You're really rolling up your sleeves mm. and getting to work and really a practical guide. Do I have it right? 
Absolutely. I like it's getting to work. And that's true. And I think that's something that um, distinguishes our, is our, our company is we, we don't just sit, sit there on high and tell you what to do. We actually will go out there with you and try and help you do it. And I think sometimes you can say a perfect idea or that said this great concept. However, yeah. unless people can actually experience that within their own lives, it can be really hard to make that relatable. So I really, I hope that this will also inspire more people to take that action. Maybe uh, someone listening, let's say it's a, it's a young man or a man who's saying, you know what, Haley, I am confident. I am just fine. I don't need any more, um, any more confidence. I know exactly what to do. Or I'm a female. When it's right, it's going to be right. If that guy wants to talk to me, he'll have enough confidence to come over to me and talk to me. You got to hear that a lot, don't you? So I would say if someone's not experiencing a problem in their dating lives, I don't get involved. Sometimes the best question is to ask yourself to start with is what's actually wrong with my dating life? Question mark. And if you're like, that's great, that's all power to you. You know, if however, you're saying, I, uh, it's not great. I'm not meeting the people I want. And these are my beliefs. I believe that like, uh, it's, it's destiny. It's not, or he's going to, if he really wants me, he's going to come and get me. It's not to say there aren't grains of good advice in that outlook. It could be good to look for investment from another person. The other person is making an effort to meet you as well. Okay. It can be good to have a degree of trust. Like I trust I'm going to meet someone like that's, a, that's actually quite a positive mindset to have. However, I would say you've got to always partner that up with a good bit of accountability and action. So it's like, but what am I tangibly doing to realize those goals for myself? So you can manifest away, <laughs> but if you sit on your sofa or you always see the same friends or you don't engage with the world around you, I would say like you're not, even if you're a diehard believer in manifestation, you're not helping that manifestation to occur. You're not helping those doors to open for you. And if you're that really confident guy, again, if you don't feel you've got a problem, that's cool. However, in time, if you reflect and think, oh, maybe there's something missing or maybe I haven't got it all figured out yet. Then again, dating is, as as you probably know far better than me for being 33 years um, married. Yes. It's a process, right? And it's, there is no end goal. It's a constant figuring out. So I think to have humility around that is pretty awesome. Yeah. By the way, you just, that, what you just said to me is great coaching for me because right. It is a process. It's not an event where you now are in, in my example, married and that's it. It's You're done. The, the real, <laughs> the real work begins moving forward. And that's what the marriage vows right. are about. Right. Uh-huh. And that's what's so ironic is so much dating advice is skewed to what line do I say to hello to someone or what message <laughs> do I send someone I like? And I'm like, let's just not worry too much about the first yeah. bit because the real work is yet to come. Right. So um, in France, uh, London, Europe, uh, Hallmark movies. Uh, do you watch Hallmark movies there? I don't know. I don't watch Hallmark movies. Are they like rom-coms? Are they you know kind of cheesy? They are. They are like rom-coms. They have a, a consistent plot. I'll give you the framework of the plot and you'll recognize right where I'm going. Big city girl um, is working really hard in her career. She then goes through a, a issue in her life, which means she has to leave the big city and go back home to some rural part of the country. She then meets a divorced veterinarian or something like a sheriff 
and they hate each other at first <laughs> and they fall in love. And the end of every Hallmark movie or this rom-com type thing is it's happily ever after. And they're wildly popular in the United States and they're so predictable. And I'm my question on is, and this goes back to your TED talk, it feels like culture really creates this, this paradigm or this mindset of what romance and what love needs to be. I know that's not very profound, it's obvious, but in your coaching, how do you see that manifesting in people who are trying to find love and are, and are just doing it wrong? Right. Well, if you can imagine, if you've watched a lot of Hallmark movies, Disney movies, it's just consuming media. Consuming media tells us that there's a very simple process that's going to happen. And it's like, one day, by luck, by fortune, we're going to bump into someone who is perfect for us in every way. And everything that's wrong with our lives is going to be resolved by meeting this magical, mystical person and off into the sunset we go. And unfortunately, when we're operating on that narrative around dating, when you apply that um, uh, programming to real life, it doesn't match up all that well, because sometimes we're looking, first of all, we're looking in the industry, we call it a meet cute, which is like a serendipitous meeting. Um, We've had a pandemic. (laughs) People are meeting more online. Like, the meet cute is kind of, a, I mean, I wish it wasn't, but it's a bit of a dying art form. So again, how can we have that experience of romance if we've just sent someone a few messages on a dating app and, we're, we're, and they're the third person we've met this week? So again, like that's not going to really set you up for feeling like that meeting could be significant to you. Likewise, as we all know, no one is perfect for us. And again, what might be a sort of, instead of going for sort of what's a, universal perfect person on paper it's really important to think about as individuals what do we actually need um in a partner and that invariably isn't going to be a six foot two you know veterinary surgeon who inherited like an estate from his dad or what you know whatever he's got a cute dog i don't know um so again it's it's not having those that um lens on when we're meeting people which could again lead us to discount potential partners not recognizing that there isn't always this profound moment of knowing and birds singing in the trees when we meet a great person sometimes it can be simple or benign it could be like in England you could get get a cup of tea with someone you think they're quite nice that could still be the start of a great love story for you even if it doesn't fit the blueprint likewise love doesn't always have to have a massive obstacle you have to overcome if there is a big obstacle that does that isn't a sign that this is destined to be this could be a sign that this is absolutely not (laughs) destined to be right um so i think again starting to break away from those ideas and seeing just like wow i've been wearing these i've been looking at romance this way and with all these expectations and perhaps that's really far away from a real lived experience of what could feel good for me Uh as a relationship that's good. I heard a lot there about values, um, trying to find something or someone that matches with your values. Did I hear incorrectly? And it's again, it's just about not approaching dating with kind of a shopping list ah. of what we've been told is desirable in a in a in a partner. You know, it's not it's desire what works for you as a partnership. It's not going to be a bank balance or a height or a dress size or a restaurant they took you to. Yeah. on the first date, you know, it's going to be something about how you relate towards one another and come together as individuals. 
Well, you already have helped a lot of people, millions of people, and your new book uh, is Do This, Not That, Dating. And uh, you, you address these common relationship issues. If you had to just pick one or two that are top of mind or that are the most common that men and women or couples go through, give us just one example that maybe we all can nod our heads at. Okay. So I think for me, it could be that you're not feeling appreciated <laughs> by your partner or not feeling seen. And here's the here's the thing. I think, again, it's, a, it's sort of an evolution of your romance, right? Where we go from this, there may have been a sparky beginning. There may not. Be, it may have been your cup of tea benign beginning. But at some point, you may feel actually that you are treating one another like a piece of the furniture. You're no longer seen by your partner. You're so deep in a routine yes. that you've gotten that you exist as individuals. Um, I really think relationships are dynamic. You know, and I think just because you you're going through a patch right now in this present moment where you know you're not having the most romantic, fun, sexy, incredible, awesome time ever. That it's not like in, in England we have a show called Love Island. It's not like Love Island. It doesn't. It wouldn't make a great TV show. That doesn't mean there's anything fundamentally wrong. You know, with your relationship, it doesn't have to be a sign of time to get out. So I think what's more important. Um, it's like the story again that we hold about the relationship that's important, right? So it's sometimes at choosing not to interpret a lull as this must be the end or some dramatic, you know, again, dramatic credits roll. Instead, this could be calling to you to communicate more, to change things up with your partner, to recognize you're in a new phrase, to practice some kind of leniency, I guess, and forgiveness that we're not always all perfect people. And we don't always, we're not always all operating under perfect circumstances. So I think, again, I like to be moderate, I suppose, in how we, and non-dramatic in how we look at these common issues and problems that come up. What, what would you want people to think or do differently as a result of, of buying and reading this great book? I would love them to take action and be accountable you know I go back to those words again but it's true so it's it's a if if one person can think instead of sitting on my sofa and manifesting I'm going to improve my dating profile or I'm going to go out and consciously meet someone or I'm going to tell that well-meaning friend who keeps you know hijacking my my dating messages to back off you know <laughs> if there's something that enables you to take some positive action in this area of your life that's a win for me mm-hmm so you mentioned you've been married for 10 months as a dating expert. Uh, how did how did you meet your husband? <laughs> we met at the gym. So yeah. I was true to form and we met in real life. We've been together a long time, but we had the uh, the classic COVID delayed wedding <laughs> that was rescheduled. I've replanned more times than, than you want to know about. Yeah. And, you know, in my he was plotting. He said he was plotting to ask me out. I was plotting to get him to ask me out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I just walked very slowly out of the gym one day and I said to him that I really fancied something fruity after my workout. He, like the good man he was, pointed to the fruit stand down the road. We walked along together. He picked me out some flat peaches, um, reached over the counter and paid for them. And I thought, well, that's a nice gesture. Uh, and then he, <laughs> he slid the first and only DM of his life to contact me on Instagram and ask me out. Is that right? Wow. What a guy. What a guy. He is a, he's an amazing man. He's amazing. So 
that whole process of you then, you know, he approached you, you knew each other, obviously, but did that in any, in any way change anything that you have written in your book or have thought about or what you coach, or did it reinforce how you coach? He teaches me stuff all the time. I like, he's a great source of like, it sounds very cheesy, but he is a great source of wisdom and learning for me because I just think he's just a kind of peerless personally I can't think of anyone who's got like a better outlook or a better mindset around things and so I think if anything he's taught me some of his values he's incredibly humble always thinking about others selfless almost to a fault and I think perhaps some of the parts of my personality I was least proud of being with him he's genuinely shaped me to be a better person and I, I think we've had a good impact on one another and we've created some other lovely little humans. That's great. Well, listen to you even talk about it. In fact, you've mentioned, I think in your Ted talk, it's true happiness in when you can find that relationship, that's it's deeper than just surface level. you you discover happiness, not every day relationships are not easy, but there's, you can find true happiness. Am I off base on that? Not at all. Um, I think you can find true, but again, it's 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 redefining a bit around happiness for us. I think some of the values that he, he, we believe in is just it's it's friendship. Again, classic, cheesy. Everyone said that to you a million times before, but it's true. Um, acceptance. So sometimes uh, um, one of his catchphrases that had did make it in to do this, not that dating, is he says, "I might not always understand you, but I accept you." And I think that was really profound as wow. well for me, which is, again, not feeling like we need to have our partner knowing and understanding everything about us, but just feeling accepted and held and supported by them. Again, magical stuff. That's so good. You guys are on your way to 33 years. I can feel it. That's great. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I, hope so. I, I heard an interview. You, you say the following, good for men to know a little bit about what women are thinking. And it's also good for women to know a little bit of what men are thinking. What, what is it that men really should know? Is there one thing that men just keep missing? Uh-huh. Well, I can tell you the most common um, thing that I get from men and women. In fact, I had a woman ask it of me today. And the question goes as follows. It's like, <laughs> like, I've been thinking about this and it just seems like men have it so much easier than women. You know, the man will be like, it's just women, they have it so easy compared to us men, like we're out here struggling. And it's that point where, as I said, that empathy and that understanding is, is broken down, right? And it's it's hard to build a bridge and to really relate to someone if you feel like they're constantly in this privileged position in relation to you. So if it's a man who thinks, well, women, They've got cues of men and they're just, you know, rejecting them or accepting them. And the woman is like, wow, there's so many beautiful women out there. And like, you know, for that, there's just men are spoiled these days. You know, whatever <laughs> the storyline is, which is this other person, this person I'd actually want to be with, they're privileged. They kind of got one over on me. I'm not very happy about this. In that dynamic, it's going to be really hard to love someone and to understand them. So, Again, if we dislike something, as much as you might sneer if you see someone drive past you on the street in a Lamborghini, is not the route to wealth. You know? So I think, again, <laughs> having extending and breaking down that boundary and going, you know what, we're all, we've all got our own personal stuff. And yes, perspective is important, 
some people's trials and tribulations may not seem that big comparatively to somebody else, but it's all relative and everyone goes through things. So I think to bring that understanding, that empathy, so that people can feel again, more like they're on an even keel with someone is a great thing to start with. That's great. Cool perspective. Haley, what is the best way to follow you and stay in touch with all the cool projects and, and get involved with your company? If we so choose, where should we go? Okay, so you can head to HaleyQuinn.com. So it's, it's the English spelling, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-Q-U-I-N-N. That's it. Go there. Go there. Go there. I am on, I am on social media. Um, I, I have to say, like, I will be candid about this as well. I actually, I pre-plan my content. I give somebody else the apps. <laughs> as I just, I, yeah, I just, I just, I'm not, not a huge fan. So it's like, if you slide a DM, I might not be there to reply to it, but we see everything that comes in through our website. And, and you do respond to emails. I, I, I connected with you via your website. And so, yeah, go there. Yeah. Go I'm there. a bit, I'm a bit old school, email, carrier pigeon, no DMs. <laughs> All right, Haley, uh, the, this is the I Dare You podcast. And at the end of every podcast, I asked our guest, what is your I Dare You challenge for all of us? I am dying to get this from you. I okay. dare you to do what? What do you got? Okay, I dare you, singles, and obviously this challenge should be obvious because it's me, say hi to somebody you like in real life. And you know what? It doesn't have to be a fancy chat up line. Get this. You can actually just say hi and pause and see what happens. That is a very good challenge and actionable. Yeah. Thank you for that. So Haley, this has been a lot of fun getting to know you. You've done a lot of cool things and you're, you're just getting warmed up with this new book is fantastic. I wish you all the best in that. And thanks for this candid and very fun discussion about dating and a whole lot more. So thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and for the great questions. Okay, everyone, that was Haley Quinn. What a great opportunity that was for us to learn from one of the leading dating coaches in the entire world. She gave us a lot to think about. So whether you are married or you're single, you're dating or you're not, or you want to be dating, what's the one thing you plan on taking from this conversation and putting into practice in your life today? A really practical, I dare you challenge, by the way. And if you have not yet watched her TED Talk, two million people already have. If you, if you haven't done so yet, I invite you next step. Watch her TED Talk. Really insightful. It'll hang with you as she talks about relationships in a, in a very raw and authentic way. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you do not miss an episode. And now that you listen to Haley, who will you share this episode with? Two or three people, forward that on to them, those in your life that you think will benefit from this conversation and getting to know Haley as well. Also, follow me on Instagram at IDareYouPod. There you'll find exclusive content you won't find anywhere else, including video snippets of this interview with Haley. And finally, thank you for tuning in to the I Dare You podcast. This was episode 53. Downloads and listens continue to grow week after week, and that's all because of you. So I want to thank you first for listening, and secondly, for sharing with others. It means a lot, and I appreciate it. Get ready for episode 54. It's going to be another great guest, and I can't wait to share that with you. I'll see you back here next week on I Dare You podcast. I'll see you there.